What exactly would determine this country is being invaded and our military needs to be called in? What, what is, where do we have to go before we begin to accept that? Let's talk about it. Uh, when you have a government that supports perversion, no one should be surprised when perverted things happen in the government. And when Joe, when is Joe Biden actually going to do something about the situation in the Middle East? I don't know, and I don't think anyone else does. This is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, I had a really interesting weekend. I hope you had a good weekend. But I had a really interesting weekend. Um, One of my friends got popped for a DUI. Now, of course, this is a big problem. This is a huge problem. Again, it's not as big as I thought it was going to be, especially on his first offense. But he got nailed. And we were having a text stream. He decided to tell everybody. I don't know why you would tell. If I got popped for a DUI, I never have. But if I have, uh, the last thing I'd want to do is talk about it. But he talked to everybody about it. And one of the things he did, and we almost got into a text fight over it, but I just decided, you know, I'm just... He decided he was blaming his cousin. And he basically said, you know, the cousin saw I was drunk. The cousin should have told me not to, to do the keys. He just didn't take any responsibility. And I, I made the very simple point, you know, why don't you go to court for the first time when you go to court and tell the judge that it was your cousin's fault and see what happens. Here's the thing. There's a bigger point to this. Personal responsibility. This is the big problem our country is missing. Personal responsibility. Nobody has any personal responsibility anymore. And I see it all over. I see it with Josie. I see it with Josie's kids. I see it with my kids. I see it with my grandkids. I see it with everybody. It's everybody else's fault. I do something. And it's everybody else's fault. It's not my fault. Can't be my fault. It's this victim mentality. Somebody has victimized me. And we're saying, you see this in society, and it really is a problem. Drug addiction is part of the issue. Drug addiction, we, we do not let the drug addict take responsibility for his drug addiction. It's everybody's fault. It's society's fault. It's the government's fault. It's capitalism's fault. No one takes responsibility for what they do. This is my problem with legalizing drugs. Well, uh, if... Nobody's going to, in the old days, old days when I was younger, if you were a drunk and you drank yourself to the point that you couldn't take care of yourself, you ended up on the street. It was really that simple. There was no one there to help you. You made a bunch of decisions. They were bad decisions. Now your life sucks. Now, today, it's, we got to help everybody. Even the people that are on the streets right now, because of drug addiction and stuff like that, I know a lot of people are saying, well, it it works that way too. No, it doesn't. These people are on the streets because they choose to be on the streets. We've got politicians, especially here in California, who are doing nothing but busting chops to get these people free housing, free apartments, open up hotels, give them food, give them clean drug needles. 
I mean, this is I'm against drug addict. I'm against drug legalization because if you go overboard with the drugs, the government wants to jump in and help you, and then take tax money and use that tax money to help you. That's the problem I have with drug legalization. Not that you know there's no benefit to drug legalization. No benefit to legalizing drugs. I that's one of the big reasons and. No, any pro-legalization person will sit back and not argue with that. Well, what is it? Well, we should legalize weed. Why? What benefit does legalizing weed provide us? Well, alcohol's legal. That's the first thing I hear. Yeah, well, we tried to ban alcohol, but it was ingrained into society, which is what's going to happen with weed. And then suddenly we're going to be saying we got to get rid of weed. Just like cigarettes which is everyone wants to ban cigarettes now, which is weird. You want to legalize weed, but you want to ban cigarettes. I, I don't know. I don't get it, but okay. So this, this is the whole problem. Personal responsibility, people. Let's all take responsibility for our own actions. Take, it, take responsibility for our bad decisions. Take responsibility for our good decisions. And stop laying off. A person will be much happier if they take responsibility for their own decisions and deal with it. Because here's the thing. If you don't take responsibility for your decisions, for your bad decisions, they won't be fixed. You'll be spending all day trying to blame somebody else instead of fixing your problems. Okay. With that being said, let's get to the news. Okay, so I've got so much here. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this stuff, but it is something we should probably go over. So yesterday, last night in Delaware, of course, because President Biden doesn't you know, stay at the White House or anything because he's got to take vacations. He was at one of his campaign headquarters in Delaware, and he was leaving from dinner. They had dinner there. And he was leaving, and then a car smashed into one of the SUVs in his motorcade. Now, no one was hurt. It's not a big deal. No one was hurt. The guy, the driver was taken into custody. Guns drawn and everything. All this was caught on camera, by the way. You heard the smash. This guy apparently drove through a blockade. So, you've got to wonder exactly what happened here what this guy's intentions were to this point we do not know wait for the wait for the uh, conspiracy theories to come out because again this is the problem with transparency this guy ran a blockade ran into one of the presidential's suvs for the the motorcade he's black so we're probably not going to hear anything it's probably going to end up being white supremacy or whatever President was fine. He was there. He was walking on the sidewalk when the accident happened. I'm going to assume it was an accident. We're, we don't know anything so far. They're investigating. So there was that. Uh, the SUV did get messed up, but you got to understand it takes a missile to do anything with those SUVs. And that SUV barely looked like anything happened to it. The car is smashed, but we'll have to see what happened. Uh, this weekend, 14 Houthi drones were shot down. 
Now, the Houthis, this is from Yemen, are from Yemen. They are a terrorist organization. They're supported by Iran. And considering for their entire existence, they have had nothing more than 19, than Vietnam-era AK-47s, it's amazing to see that they have drones. Well, of course, these drones are from Iran. So the United States shot down 14 of them. Of course, these drones were aimed at military and, and cargo ships on the Red Sea. And the question comes, when is President Biden going to do something about this? Uh, I can't remember who said this, but it's like shooting down the arrows, but not shooting down the archers. So far, nobody has shot at these Houthis. These Houthis are barbarians. They're, they're, they've nothing. They are pirates. They are living in tents. One missile, you can take out most of them. And if you hit in the area, you find out where these drones are coming from, you probably could take out all the drones before they're even sent up. My question is simple. Is, is American going to have to die because one of these drones actually hits before Joe Biden does anything? When is the military going to say, you know what, F it, and just launch a barrage and take out everybody? Here's the problem with the way we're fighting wars today. We are fighting wars in front of the media and politicians are fighting the wars. In the old times, before Vietnam, wars were fought by generals. Generals would basically say, we need to take that, take it. I don't care how, I don't care who dies. This is the same thing with Israel. Okay, Israel, Hamas is a terrorist organization. They're not going to stop. They're going to do this again. They've said it. I know everyone wants to ignore that, but if you have a ceasefire with Hamas, they're just going to do October 7th over again. And I'm not saying that because you could assume they're going to do it. I'm saying that because they said it. They said, yeah, we're going to do this again. They, that whole area needs to be just upended and taken over. And you can't worry about civilians over there. I mean, that's that happened already. It's beyond worrying about the civilians. You need to take over the area. And if that means civilians are killed, civilians are killed. That's the way it is. It'd be this it's the same thing here. When we talk about when we talk about we look at policing in in the United States, Crime is a war. And civilians are being killed left and right. And what, what are people saying? They're beginning to get guns. They're, they're beginning to look at these videos where a cop shoots someone and they're saying, well, there you go. That's how it works. It's the same thing with the, with the Hamas, with the Houthis. Yes, innocent people are going to die. I mean, it's just how it works in war. But since Vietnam, since we started taking film of Vietnamese, of the Vietnam War, everything has been political. And we just, we can't win a war that way. Israel can't win a war that way. We can't win a war that way. It can't be fought by politicians. Speaking of the Houthis, the Houthi pirates are being very, very uh, brusque when it comes to taking over ships in, in the Red Sea. 
They're going in. Again, they're riding on motorboats, for Christ's sake. Shoot them with an eight with the uh shoot them with the M16. The, the boat sinks. But they're taking over because no one's doing anything about it. The military is in the straits. Apparently, the a United States battleship, I heard this, I had to look it up, but apparently a US battleship had to be escorted out of the Red Sea by an Iranian naval ship? Are you kidding me? This is how far down our military has gone? That we need Iran to escort us? If you've ever seen pictures, go go to the internet and type in Iran Navy. Wait till you see what their Navy looks like. Our bat- One battleship could blow up the entire Iranian Navy. It is that, that minuscule of a Navy. And we have to have Iran escort us? Incredible. Well, all this piracy in in the Persian Gulf not going to do well for our prices. Apparently, the largest shipping company, Marist, has decided uh, to refuse to travel to the Red Sea. So, meanwhile, all the problems we're having with the supply chain just going to get worse because our president won't do anything. And all this time, China is staring at this and watching and laughing. They're saying, hey, why don't we go into Taiwan? He's not going to do... President Biden, he's not going to do anything. It'll be three weeks before President Biden even realizes we're in Taiwan. At this point, he's so far gone. And that president, I tell you, that boy is so far gone. He does not look like he is conscious of anything right now. And there are some (coughs) There's some bad news. And... This was going to happen. I'm not surprised. Three hostages were killed in the Gaza Strip by Israeli forces. And of course, everyone is screaming, ceasefire, ceasefire, ceasefire. They failed to realize that, well, if the hostages weren't taken by Hamas, they wouldn't have been in the Gaza Strip to be killed by IDF forces. And if they didn't perform a terrorist attack, the IDF forces wouldn't even be in Gaza. But that doesn't matter. They, they're still going to blame. And of course, Israel is is right. Israel is basically saying, "Hey, uh, we can't we can't be blamed for this. This is just war. It happens." And don't think that the Hamas terrorists aren't aren't putting them up as shields too. And then using their deaths as propaganda tools. But, you know, I'm afraid, yeah, that did happen. Um, And this is all Hamas. Those three hostages were killed by Hamas. And I don't care what anyone says. Israel should continue on. All right. Let's get to our dumbasses of the day. Okay, I really had to pick up, pick from the winners. I there were so many this weekend, um, and I picked two. And I, I I I could give two all week this week. By the way, there will be no podcast next week. Next week is Christmas week. I've got my wife at home. I, I'm just gonna. I might do one, but right now there will be no podcast next week. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, we'll do our Christmas special on 
Thursday where we actually talk about all the stories, all the Christmas stories out there, and there are a few of them. So this first one, this one comes from uh, Libs of TikTok. I won't lie, Libs of TikTok has been on fire this week. They have so many. Um, and, and basically, this is a guy that is... There seems to be this conflation with the LGBTQ about gender and blacks. Okay, so basically what this guy is saying, he's a white guy, of course. Um, and he's basically saying you need to learn gender, but you need to learn gender from black people, which is really weird. And I'll, I'll say why in a second. It's like trying to learn gender from, um, Islamic, radical Islamic terrorists, because black people in, in essence have the same view as I know weird white people. They have the same view as normal people do. So Let's let's listen to this guy talk and talk about it after. Everything I say about gender is influenced by my whiteness, which is obvious, but there's an interesting second part to this. The rejections of gender and gender roles that I create and embody will still come from my whiteness, those acceptable to my constructions of self as a white person. I will likely uphold and encourage white beauty standards and see and more immediately accept other white rejections of gender. Essentially, even the most critical analysis of gender I have will still be white, and white gender rejection can and does uphold whiteness and white supremacy. Queer appropriation of African American vernacular English is one example of this, as is mainstream exclusion of fashion excellence in black representations of masculinity, while celebrating white men for having basic hygiene as if they're revolutionaries. Of course, that's not to say we can't attempt to take in other viewpoints, but it's still going to be a fundamentally white perspective. Even this is a white perspective. It's literally the only one I can give you. So if you want to learn how other people construct and deconstruct gender, you need to learn it from someone who doesn't look like me. Because Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say you probably didn't understand a damn thing this guy was saying. What was his point? I really don't know. His point was that you need to talk to black people about gender because he's wrong, I guess. I, I'm not really sure what he's saying here. Okay. Now, I'm I'm going to go out on another limb. Black people think he's nuts, too. Most black people here do not accept this, this gender crap. I mean... The guy's wearing leg warmers, for Christ's sake. Who, since the 80s, has worn leg warmers? So you can't really take this guy seriously. But I, black people, for the most part, have the same ideas of gender, men and women, as white people do. 99.9% .9 of black people think the same thing I do. Nine, a, a lot of black people who actually share his view on race think the same thing as I think. I've had debates with them. They think this is nuts. So I don't know what he's trying to accomplish here. So there's that. So we had our insane person of the day. And I love, you know, it, a lot of these leftists, all they do is use big words. They use keywords. That's all they do. They never make any sense. They just throw all these words into a big word salad, mix it all up, and they think they sound intelligent. This guy didn't this guy didn't say anything. All right. Here is um here is one that this is from uh Dr. Jebra Fauci. 
she is, uh, she, it's a parody account. It's really funny. I don't even know if it's a she or not. But this, this one is just, again, another insane rant. It really is kind of funny. Let's listen. Respectful way possible. But if you do not believe in vaccines and the amount of lives that vaccines have saved, I consider you legitimately one of the dumbest people on the planet and I do not want to have any communication with you at all. Like, I so miss the days when everybody treated anti-vaxxers like the intellectual bottom feeders that you are. Literally every time I hear an anti-vaxxer speak, I feel like I'm losing brain cells. It's not even hard. It's not difficult to look these up. You guys are either just too stupid or too lazy to do so. Or you're drowning in cognitive dissonance and you have no desire to look at anything that might disprove what you say. Go look at the rates of death from things like polio pre-vaccine. Go look at the rates of death from things like whooping cough pre-vaccine. Those are not difficult numbers to find. They are very easily accessible. But you don't. You don't look those numbers up because you know if you did, you would have to acknowledge how stupid you are. Which I understand that feels like a very difficult thing to go through. Do some people have adverse reactions to vaccines? Yes, nobody is saying otherwise. That does not discredit the amazing things that vaccines have done in general. You just sound stupid. Yes, this is how left-wingers, leftists argue. All she did, by the way, she didn't even make an argument. She had one argument in there, which was a, a bullshit argument right off the bat. She made no argument. She just called you stupid. She called you stupid about 12 times in that one minute clip. And she never, she never made, the only argument she made was vaccines for whooping cough and polio are good for you. Um, here's the kicker. At the people who do not want to take the COVID vaccine are not arguing that polio and whooping cough vaccines work. No one's making that argument. We're arguing that this vaccine is not tested and it doesn't work. Now, she could bring that up in her argument. You're stupid. It does work. You're stupid. It's been tested on millions of people that we've stuck it in their arms. But she can't make that argument because... It doesn't exist. The vaccine hasn't been tested and it doesn't work. She doesn't break. You're, you're pointing to polio. Polio was, was tested for three, three to five years before it was put on the market. Polio we know works. What we're saying is this vaccine doesn't work. What we're saying is this vaccine isn't tested. What we're saying is there are side effects. We don't know how extreme the side effects are. Because some of the side effects, it looks like people are dying of heart attacks a lot more often. There is sexual dysfunction. We don't know what this vaccine is doing. But that's the argument. You're stupid. You're just stupid. Okay. And the kicker is, she gets worked up and angry because, I'm sorry, we've been hearing this crap for, for eight. I, mean, I hear it. I hear it all the time from leftists. When I go, I have most of my friends are leftists. I'll go out there and, well, you're stupid for not taking, okay. Okay, I mean, I've had COVID. I've had the vaccine. The first two doses, I've had COVID four times. I'm sorry, it's just not that big of a deal anymore. I don't even test anymore. If I catch COVID, it's like a cold. Move on. She's, I, 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 I'm trying to pick which dumbass of the day to pick. I picked the first guy. This broad She's a little late to the party. I don't even know why we're discussing vaccines, why she brings up vaccines. But this is a recent post. So I guess she, someone has said, yeah, I'm not getting vaccinated. And then she decided to 
jump up on TikTok and, and rip out a video. Now, here's the thing. With, with dumbasses, sometimes not all the videos I see are out there are, are dumbasses. Here's a guy. He's on the Whatever podcast. Now, one of these days, I have to watch the Whatever podcast. It's on YouTube. And it, it's a very intelligent podcast. It basically pits people of different views, normally very young people together. So you have conservatives, you have far-right conservatives. I mean, Michael Knowles was on the Whatever podcast, arguing with um, Gen Xers and Gen Alphas about morality and things like that. And so it, it seems like it's a really interesting podcast. The problem is it's a long-form podcast. It's like two and a half hours per podcast, and I just don't feel like watching for that long. But here's a guy. He is He's a black guy. And he's sitting there and he's talking with a bunch of Gen Xers who are actually OnlyFans models, which means pornography. They're, they're, they show their coochies. And he basically makes the argument why what they're doing is wrong and immoral and they should be ashamed of themselves. And I thought this was an excellent argument. And the gal, the Gen Xer who was sitting there and defending her pornography um, had no words for it. So let's listen to this. Would you feel comfortable if your father was watching your OnlyFans and subscribing to it? Probably not, no. You would not feel comfortable, and I'll tell you why. That's because in your heart of hearts, in your soul, if you still got one, you know it's wrong. That's your work. In my work, if my mother consumed my work, I'd be thankful and pleased that she took an interest in my work and supported my work. If she bought my products, I'd be thankful. If your mother or father bought your products, you'd be disgusted and ashamed because you know what you're doing is wrong and the product of what you're doing is bad. This is an excellent argument. An excellent argument. Here's the thing. This kid that he's talking to, she must be 19, 20 years old. She doesn't understand the consequences of doing things like this. And she doesn't understand that this stuff is going to follow her for the rest of her life. That stuff that she posts on, on OnlyFans, it's never going to be removed. It's never going to go away. It's always going to follow her for the rest of her life. And she may think, she may be thrilled with the money she's getting right now. But 10 years from now, she's going to be sitting back and she's going to be ashamed of what she did. People are going to remember her for what she did. And it, it, it just doesn't work out. And these kids don't understand that. They put their coochies on the internet and they think, oh, I'm making all this money. Well, that money is going to run out. And when that money runs out, where are you going to be then? You're going to be without money and your coochie is going to be all over the internet and everyone is going to know about it. And I know a lot of these, these women are going out there and they're doing this to become actresses. That's really what they're doing. They're trying to become famous. They're trying to become actresses. The problem is that when they become the actresses, then they have then that stuff actually comes out, and then they gotta explain it, and then they gotta make themselves victims. But this guy is excellent. Hey, if you're doing something that you don't want your mother and father to see, it's probably not a good thing. And that's his point. And this is what these kids need to be faced with. They need to be told, you know, would you show this to your mom? This product that you're putting on the internet and selling, 
and you gave it, would you would you tell your mom to go look at it? Would you tell your dad to go look at it? The answer, of course, is no. And she says that. No, I, I wouldn't do that. Well, then why are you doing it? What what about your husband? What about your children? What about your boss, your next boss? Yeah, the Whatever podcast does this a lot. I mean, they really do. It, it, it really should be a show I spend my time watching. Uh, you know, just, just watch it, take a look. But they do come up with things like that. It really is worth it. Okay, so let's get to this. This is, I, you know, I, the United States cannot use the military on land. Basically, weapons for the military, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, they cannot point their weapons towards the United States. Now, this has been used. This, this ethics standard has been used to make it that the military is never used, except the National Guard, is never used on American soil. Well, here's the question. The question is, when you're being, when you're being invaded, is the military okay to use? Now, we've talked about this several times, that the, the border is just an absolute disaster. Well, it's being militarized. And no one is doing anything about it. And this should not be a surprise. The cartels are running. Mexico is our enemy right now. Because the cartels, I mean, everybody said, well, it's the cartels. Well, the government is run by the cartels. Okay, it's an oligarchy in Mexico. So we need to consider that Mexico is our enemy right now. And maybe we need to do something about it. According to Fox News, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol is warning agents to be on the lookout for explosive devices. A federal law enforcement shared with Fox Business Network an internal officer safety alert dated December 13th, that warns CBDP agents to be vigilant after after the Mexican military seized 10 improvised explosive devices, IEDs, at the border. These are devices that they used during the war in Iraq, the war in Afghanistan. The IEDs were found by Mexican authorities after Tucson Border Patrol observed gunshots at the U.S.-Mexico border and a Tucson Advisory Board Patrol agent arrested arrested an armed person on the U.S. side with a loaded AK-47 and two loaded AK-47 magazines, loose rounds, and a handgun. CBP is warning its agents, quote, to exercise extreme caution and they should report any possible armed subjects approaching the border with the possible with possible explosive devices. Okay, so where did this come from? Where this came from was there was an opening in the border wall. And the cartels who are trying to human uh, tra- traffic hum- humans were conflicting with another cartel that was trafficking drugs. It's thought that the CBP was not actually targeted here. But the cartels were fighting. One wanted to smuggle drugs through this opening in the border fence, and one wanted to smuggle people through this opening in the border fence, and they were fighting for that area. So here's the question. Now, these guys are using actual weapons of war. AK-47s are weapons of war. They're the ones that people fight, soldiers fight with. 
Unlike the AR-15, they don't use, they're not used in war. These people are setting up IEDs, which were used in Afghanistan and Iraq. Are we, could we consider ourselves at war yet? Well, Arizona, Arizona thinks so. They've called in the National Guard to protect the border. Now, I won't give the Arizona, I won't give the Arizona governor any credit. She's a far leftist. She loves open borders and it is an election year. So she's actually, and she knows that this, the open border is not popular in, in Arizona. But the fact is, when Democrats see there's a problem and it's not popular, and by the way, Joe Biden is having real issues with the border. People do not like 15 million illegals crossing the border. They don't like it. They they will do something. The the these Democratic governors will do something because they want to get elected again. Believe it or not, she gets reelected. She won't. I, I'm pretty sure this broad's going to lose. But if she gets elected again, um, that border will be opened again because that's what they do. It's all a lie. But the fact of the matter is, she knows border patrol can't do it. She knows police can't do it. Only the military can do it. It is time to start treating Mexico as a military target. It's time to start treating the cartels as a military target. That means we don't ask Mexico's permission. We go in there with military operations and we take down the cartels ourselves. And when Mexico decides to throw a fit about it, then we go over there and say, so you're not doing anything. And start treating the Mexico, start treating the Mexican government as a hostile government. Until this happens, this shit is going to keep happening. All right, so that's great. And here's something: color me shocked on this one. I guess when uh, you know you have perversion in the government, the, gov- the perverted things will be done on the government. According to the Daily Wire, the U.S. Capitol Police is reportedly investigating a gay sex tape that appeared to have been filmed in the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing room in the Hart Senate Office Building in Washington, D.C. There's a shock. So apparently this guy decided to have anal sex with another guy and film it in the same Senate hearing room that they interviewed Amy Comey Barrett to be um, to be put into the Supreme Court. So that's awesome. The Daily Caller obtained a re- released obtained and released the recording of the alleged staffer having anal sex with another man who is not identified. Quote, the alleged st- staffer can also be seen in a photo naked on all fours, looking back at the camera on the table where the senators often sit to ask questions during the hearing. It appears to be unprotected sex, because that's what's important. Oh, did he use a condom? Yeah, Jesus Christ. And by the way, all the media is really, uh, the media is actually jumping on Republicans for this. They're sitting... By the way, we're not even, we don't even hold the majority in the Senate, but it's Republicans jumping on this again. I, there's one outlet that says, well, there's just two men showing love. What? Show love somewhere else, not the Senate hearing room. Continuing, the Washington Free Beacon reports that the staffer allegedly is Aiden Mays Zerp. 
Zaropsky, who worked in the legislate worked as a legislative aide for Senator Ben Cardin, a Democrat from Maryland. Zaropsky has since responded to the allegations in a statement on social media saying that he was attacked for who I love. In other words, he's a victim. He had sex in public, in a hearing room, in the Senate, but everyone's picking on him because he had sex there. Because he's gay. Um, And that... Okay, so anyway, saying he had been attacked for who he loves, end quote, and that he, quote, would never disrespect his workplace and is exploring what legal options are available. <laughs> Just wow. Just wow. Now, let, let's, let's review. Um, by the way, Cardin's office released a statement. He's no longer working for the senator. Okay, well, I think that's... The, the least of the issues here. Okay, so a couple of things. Let's review. President Biden put a gay pride flag as the predominant flag during Pride Week with the American flag surrounding the pride flag. You had you had animal you had people in animal costumes twerking during the pride celebration because this was a kid-friendly event. You had a trans woman, which means a man, who had breast sur- surgery actually remove his uh, remove his shirt to show his fake boobs. Meanwhile, all the trans men were also removing their tops. So, and you wonder why you had a guy. You have a guy who thinks he's a woman as one of the heads of the health as a health secretary. You had a guy for nuclear disposal who was into puppy play and is a cross-dresser. You'll excuse me a little bit if I'm not surprised that people are having sex in the Senate building, gay sex in the Senate building, and that now these guys are actually sitting back and being victims. Oh, you're picking on me because I'm gay. No, I'm picking on you because you had anal sex in a interview chamber in the Senate. By the way, this guy's looking at felonies. This is a sex crime. It's illegal. And by the way, it's not like he just decided to have kinky sex inside the Senate. They recorded it and posted it on the internet. It was a porn video. They record they have stills of it on Twitter. Not the actual act or anything, but they've got pictures of the guy on Twitter. So, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, you have perversion. We are, we are, Ben Shapiro has a, a great article about this. Is it Ben Shapiro? Maybe it's Matt Walsh. I don't know who, who did it, but they have a great article. We, we are, we are becoming like Rome. Actually, that wasn't in that article. That was a that was another uh, comment by a guy named Barack Lowry from a book called um, "Atheism Kills." I was looking at the book because I'm reading it right now, and he said this is how Rome fell. Rome became corrupt. Yes, there were there were lots of things that made Rome fall after a thousand years. Overextended their land. The empire just overextended. Uh, they had money problems, 
But one of the issues they had was the society, which used to be a proud society that used to have ethics and moral value, it became corrupted and perverted. This is what our society is becoming like right now. It is becoming corrupted and perverted. Okay. Hmm. All right, I wanted to get to this. I only have about five minutes left. We'll, we'll talk about the other stuff tomorrow. But um, this weekend, it was the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. And there was huge celebrations in Boston, of course. And if you don't know, the Boston Tea Party was when a bunch of uh, people in, in 1774 aborted a British ship. Britain had just raised voted to raise tea tax to an unheard of amount. It was like 20-30%. And people were protesting it because in the colonies, because they raised it on the colonies. They didn't raise it in England. And people were protesting it because basically you were taxing and they had no representation. Taxation without representation came from the Boston Tea Party. So these guys, some of them dressed up like Indians, jumped on board the ship and dumped all the tea from one of the importers. Okay. So it was it basically started the the revolution. It was one of the main start main uh triggers of the revolution. So of course it's got to be evil and we have an article here from the from the Washington Post by a guy named Theodore Johnson. And it was called Was the Bo- Boston Tea Party an act of terrorism? It depends. That's the title of the article. Now, I got to tell you, normally I would have read a paragraph of this, and I've over, I, I would have read, well, in this one, I would have read two paragraphs, and I would have dismissed this and said, it's a bullshit article. This guy is already predicating everything on lies, so ignore it. I did that with Ibram X. Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. I, I actually have a podcast where I read the first chapter the first, the introduction, not even the first chapter. And I said, he just started his entire book book on BS lies. So the book for me is irrelevant. I'm not going to read the rest when you're already lying in the introduction. This is the same thing. So let's, let's read some of this in the last few minutes. 250 years ago this week, a group of men descended on Boston Harbor, boarded three privately owned ships, and dumped more than 45 tons of tea overboard. They were upset about the Tea Act of 70, 1773, part of a suite of taxes that the British Parliament used to fund the British governors in the colonies. That's not true. The money was, was taxed in the British colonies, and that money was sent back to England. So that's a lie. So right off the bat, he's already wrong about a lot of this stuff. The size of the tax wasn't the problem. The legitimacy of the tax was, and the size of the tax was the problem because the size of the tax was like 20 to 30% of what the tea was worth. And not to mention this followed the other tax that Britain implemented called the stamp tax, which means everything with a stamp had to be taxed. The Americans had no say in it and they got pissed off. The people who would soon become Americans resented being forced by a legislature they didn't elect to pay for leaders they didn't choose. That's about the only truth in that statement. Now, the story of that night became lore, 
and the lore evolved into national myth. The Boston Tea Party has become to, has come to symbolize the revolutionary spirit that led to independence. It engraved the catchphrase, no taxation without representation, on the country's cornerstone and signified the embrace of democracy. So right off the bat, here's the other problem with this. He is now saying it started out as lore and it became national myth. Um, No, it didn't become national myth. It didn't become lore. It actually did happen and that's why it did happen. We know this. We know who started it. We know who ran Samuel Adams was the one who ran it. It wasn't lore. It wasn't myth. It actually happened. Continuing. And yes, we should be proud of it. It made the country what it is today. Well, it made the country what it was up until about the 60s. Then the country went to shit. Okay, continuing. Yet there is another version of the event, one less suitable for national mythology. A horde of white men disguised themselves as Native Americans, coppering their faces and donning headdresses in the same tradition that would lead uh, to black-faced minstrel shows decades later, to commit seditious conspiracy and destroying private property. Oh my God. The riotous mob trespassed on three ships and destroyed goods worth nearly two million in today's money, all because they didn't want to obey a duly passed law. So here you go. The Boston Tea Party was made up of a bunch of racists. By the way, minstrel shows were long before, long before the Boston Tea Party. So he's full of crap right there. Um, the outfits they were wearing were not to make fun of the Indians. The outfits they were wearing was to hide themselves, to disguise themselves so they wouldn't be caught and presumably executed. Okay. So this guy is kind of off. And by the way, the, the law to raise taxes wasn't duly passed. That was the point of the attack. The point of the attack was because they weren't being represented with taxes. This guy's an idiot. He even says that. And he still contradicts himself. And here's the thing. I, I, it, I, I say, I, I, I don't even want to read this anymore. It's so stupid. I'll, I'll give you the gist, just, gist of it. And you can go to Dumbasses Talking Politics and read the rest of the article if you want. But he says, nearly $2 million of private property and destroyed goods. This guy would support the BLM riots. As a matter of fact, I looked up his previous article. He did. The, uh, the BLM riots did about 2 to $5 billion in damage. He'd support that. And as far as criminals, he thinks the guys that bust into Target and start stealing Nikes off the shelves or bust into an Apple store and start stealing phones and computers, he doesn't see those as criminals. So I really don't think much of this guy and what he thinks about criminality and law. And the article goes through that. It, it's What it essentially does is it's changing. It's an attempt to change history. The Boston Tea Party wasn't done because of taxation without representation. It wasn't done to fight the tyranny of England. It was done for white supremacy. And it didn't happen this way. It happened because of white supremacy, and it was lore. It was myth. It didn't actually happen, mind you. That's what he says. 
And then he goes later into the article and he brings up that it doesn't disguise, it doesn't really represent the real heroes of the country, which shock on shock, they're all black. Margaret Beecham Stowe, uh, who are the people he talks about? He talks about Stowe, Rosa, Harriet Tubman, not Stowe, but Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall. Those were the real heroes, not the people of the Boston Tea Party, not Samuel Adams. It's all the black people because white people can't be, can't be heroes. And then he talks about the other things that are myths, right? George Washington was a myth. Uh, American honesty and lover of and lovers of truth in America. That's a myth. The self-made man is a myth. The, the, the parallel between hard work and prosperity, that's a myth. Personal choice, failure to make a good choices is a myth. He says that. Let me read that. American myths say something about our nature, about who we are about where we're going. Whether George Washington truly confessed to cutting down the cherry tree is less important than making the prototypical American honest and the lover of truth, because honesty and truth in America's psyche, that's a myth. The self-made man is also a mythical American creation. There's no such thing as self-made. We can't be self-made. The government needs to give it to us. Consecrating the link between hard work and prosperity, that's a myth. Hard work never leads to prosperity. It's not true. It suggests that the failure is either a personal choice or a personal defect. Personal choices, consequences from personal choices, that's a myth. You are condemned. You're a black man. It's not your bad choices that led you to the path you're on. It's that you're black. Of course, Oprah Winfrey, LeBron James. We can name a few people that didn't make bad choices. They seem to be doing okay. The collection of myths about the nation's providence and the melting pot and manifest destiny feed the idea of American exceptionalism. The shining city on the hill, the first thing the light touches, all of that is a myth. The whole concept of America is a myth. How these people, it, it, it really shows you how the Washington Post is just garbage magazine. Why these, how these people, I mean, his arguments are just terrible. And all he's doing is, I hate America. Can I ask you a question? Why can't he just leave? Go, go to Europe, go to Africa, go to Australia. Shit, move to Antarctica if you want. Go. Get out if you hate this country so much. I hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.